Welcome to another episode of Nuevo Healthcare Network, a place for discussing healthcare issues and solutions in New Mexico. For this episode, I spoke with Dr. Arturo Cisneros, a dentist who works in rural northern New Mexico. We had a great conversation about the state of dentistry in New Mexico and possible solutions for a better future. Enjoy. So how did you first get interested in dentistry? Uh, I got interested in dentistry as a junior in high school because of a high school teacher. A high school teacher I've known since we were kids. Me and his son grew up together. And uh, he uh, he opened my eyes to it. He opened my eyes to uh, possible careers in the health healthcare fields. And um, when uh, he kind of gave me a list of... of options to look into and I saw dentistry and I thought dentistry was pretty good option you know so uh, I like working with my hands you know uh, uh, wanted to be my own boss per se Um, wanted to be able to know people like I'm very personable so it's just worked out in many ways after we we figured it out like walking walking and talking through it Nice. And did you go through a shadowing process or some way to feel it out before you dove in? Um, well, not at first. At first, I, you know, started looking into it, trying to get uh, get information from the counselors, from the UNM counselors, stuff like that. Uh, ended up going to UNM after high school. And then from there, trying to fill it out a little more, trying to get more information. But uh, it wasn't until I got a job at the UNM Dental Hygiene facility as a work study working the front desk that I got more exposed to it from there I met doctors from there I met I kind of got into the field a little more and as I got to know the doctors I asked them if I can volunteer to kind of get my feet wet and they said yeah so I went in there and I was volunteering um, as an assistant he had his assistant show me how to break up you know set up the operatories break down um, you know, uh, sterilization processes, uh, universal precautions type of stuff. So, uh, and then I got to sit chair side, which actually got me more, um, hands-on and the more I got into it, the more I liked it. Yeah. Nice. And we were talking a little earlier about New Mexico, not having a dental program. So you presumably went to dental school out of state. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, so I went to UNM for my undergraduate, and then uh, I was able to join WICHE, which is a pretty good program through the state of Mexico. Several states have it. Uh, Basically what it does is it allows um, schools like University of Colorado, for instance, accept New Mexico residents as, as local residents. So you get in-state tuition, even though you're a New Mexico resident through Colorado. And New Mexico covers the the difference between the in-state and the out-of-state tuition. Um, so that actually worked out pretty well. Um, reason being is because several dental schools within the area on the western side. I'm not sure what he stands for, but I know western's in there. Um, but... Uh, so the dental schools actually reserve slots for New Mexico residents. So at the time, I don't know how it is now, but at the time, University of Colorado had two two slots reserved for New Mexico residents. Uh, University of Oklahoma had two slots reserved. 
um, you know, University of Las Vegas, uh, two slots reserved. So, so many schools had two slots reserved for New Mexico residents. So if you add up all those slots, you actually have a pretty good chance of getting in, even though you're from New Mexico. Okay. And in terms of supplying New Mexico with enough new graduates, do you think that's enough to, to keep the supply? Um, not, not necessarily, because unfortunately, a lot of times when people leave the state, they say meet, meet their significant other. They get, you know, you're living, let's say, in Colorado. I lived in Denver for five years. So you got to sometimes you get used to that. Not only that, you make connections. So I was offered jobs in Denver after I graduated. Um, but, you know, I knew I wanted to come back to northern Mexico since since before I applied to school. So uh, for me, it wasn't really, really a situation. But for a lot of people, it was a lot of people went to Colorado and they stayed mm-hmm. from New Mexico. Right. Um, now, there's witchy has penalties for that. You're supposed to come back and serve three years in the state of New Mexico, um, working in the state of New Mexico. And it doesn't really say where. It doesn't really matter where, as long as you're in the state practicing dentistry. Uh, and some people do that. Some people come back for two, three years, finish their witchy obligation, and then head back. Um, or there's a large uh, financial penalty, and some people just take the hit, and they just pay off the program and... And, you know, continue. I mean, for someone like me that grew up without, uh, with everything we needed, but without like a lot of extra, it's a little harder to do that. Mm-hmm. But some people, um, you know, some people, if your parents are able to afford it or they're able to get you started off in a practice or they were able to pay your dental school, you know, you can afford to do that. So kind of depends on the situation. Okay. And you live in Taos, right? But you practice in Penasco? Well, uh, I grew up in Taos. Uh, my dad's been from the area for generations. I, uh, I do have a modular home in Taos, but I also have a, a house in Penasco. So, um, so yeah, so I kind of live back and forth. Actually, it's Llano San Juan, which is a really small suburb of Penasco, let's mm-hmm. call it. But, uh, but yeah, it's a pretty small area. Um, but it's a, it's a house up in the mountains. So yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth, usually three, four days at one spot and vice versa. So nice. I go back and forth. And what are some of the common oral health problems you see in your practice there in Penasco? Well, I, I work for a public health clinic. Um, so we see, we see everything. I mean, we treat everyone that walks in the door. Um, you see some very urgent, uh, dental needs that are, are real health health risks um and then you see you know uh just regular hygiene preventative so you see the whole gamut uh of of dental problems where where i work yeah okay and when it comes to people preventing those problems at home what are some of the things that they should be doing well i mean brushing and flossing is is by far the first utmost important situation um but you know there's a whole lot of factors that go into it there's a a time factor people need to make the time to do it um educating finding finding out how to do the proper techniques your diet also has a a role in it you know if you're eating a lot of processed foods uh, starches sugars you're more likely to have problems than than someone that's eating a healthier diet um but, you know, oral hygiene practices is by far the number one 
a way to prevent most oral infections. Gotcha. And you see people regardless of their insurance status, right? But a lot of dental clinics don't and can put people in significant debt. Um, do you think that dental health plans should be part of regular health insurance plans? Um, yeah, I definitely feel, uh, I, you know, people forget that the mouth is part of the body. Right. So I don't get how you can have health insurance for the rest of the body, but if you need something for your mouth, you know, all of a sudden it's not covered. So I, I definitely think that's very important. And um, yeah, there's there's not a lot of clinics out there that are willing to accept almost all insurances and, and provide services for low-income people. Um, unfortunately, there's uh, there's offices in the area that, you know, well, they're, they like... Uh, they like their finances. They like, uh, you know, um, well, they like their earning potential. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very significant. And unfortunately, that leaves out the majority of the population in the Taos area. And that's actually one of the reasons why I got into dentistry is because my dad is, you know, like I said, from the area for generations. He was retired Air Force. He was a school teacher after he got out of the Air Force, and we grew up having to go to Santa Fe for a lot of our dental care um, because uh, we were seeing a dentist in Taos, but then he ended up, you know, getting older and retiring. And from there, we couldn't find any offices that would accept my dad's insurance. Um, They would, you know, they do out-of-network instead of in-network type of situations. And so, um, unfortunately, at the time, the dental field was doing great, financially so a lot of the offices didn't have to take insurances so we used to have to go to santa fe and for someone to go to santa fe from northern new mexico um you know some people think oh it's it's no big deal it's an hour and a half drive but there's a lot more to it if your dad's working construction now he's got to take the day off or your mom they got to take the day off of work they got to get you out of school you got to drive to santa fe you got to drive back you got to do your appointment so that's a whole day of school you're missing now that's a day of income they're missing not only that most of the people that work construction in northern mexico they don't have health insurance or if they do it's uh it's you know high deductibles etc or and, and they definitely don't have dental insurance so you're looking at uh you know someone having to pay for a high cost dentistry you know treatment taking a day off of work, kids missing a day. So it's it's a big deal. It's not as simple as I get to go to Santa Fe and hang out for a day. Right. Um, that sounds nice and all, but that's not the reality for most of northern New Mexico. Yeah, and Taos is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to rural living in New Mexico. There are a lot of people way further from Santa Fe or Albuquerque or Cruces just spread out there. And oh. um, I, I think as it stands now, we're at 32 of 33 counties having a shortage in dentists uh is that something that you see in your practice oh yeah with without a doubt i mean there's a huge need um matter of fact when we're recruiting doctors for our practice i always tell them to check out other practices in the area check out other uh organizations like my own uh, other fqhc's federally qualified health centers and i tell them i say it's not a competition you know it's it's when when the Cuesta Presbyterian FQHC clinic doesn't have a doctor, we feel it. We're getting all their patients, and we're already overbooked. We're already saturated. 
Um, same thing with Orito when Orito is having problems with their providers or they lose a doctor or they're they're closing for a remodel or whatever the situation is. We definitely feel it in Pinasco. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about like, what, two hours away, an hour and a half away. So, so yeah, so you, you definitely see it. Um, so like I said, whenever I'm recruiting or trying to gain a provider for the area, I tell them, you know, look around. If you like the area and you don't like our organization, look around. There might be an organization that you do like. And I and if they want, I connect them to people that they may be able to talk to. Just because, you know, I, I feel like we're all serving the same communities. Um, that's not a competition. I mean, yeah. there, there's too much patients out there. Mm-hmm. If an organization came in and was willing to treat our patients with respect and uh, dignity and, and treat them as to the best of their ability, then... I'd be more than happy to hand over patients. Yeah, that's and, a great approach. Yeah. And do you have any ideas for how to solve this shortage in the long term? You know, um, there's different organizations that have different programs. Um, you know, a dental school in New Mexico would definitely help, but financially, I don't know if it's feasible um, with with the state uh, the way it is right now economically. Um, working with the youth, trying to get the youth from our communities educated, trying to get them trained, trying to uh, open their eyes to a healthcare career, uh, career, not not only dentistry, but medical, nursing, like everything. Anything that they can do that can help out their community, um, I think is the best way. Because um, if we don't grow our own providers or, you know, practitioners, um the the reality of someone coming in to help is is a lot harder it's it's less likely to happen mm-hmm. you know um, most providers when they do come to Taos it's because they retired they already made their money they already bought their their livelihood their their house their everything mm-hmm. and now they retire in Taos and now yeah. they work two days a week or they want to work you know they're not here full time they're not starting their career here they're ending their career here and it's a big difference in the amount of patients you see and the type of patients you see, you know. Um, so growing our own, getting getting the youth interested, um, uh, sparking their interests, um, keeping them busy, keeping them away from drugs. I mean, because once I, there was several students that were I was working with that were interested in dentistry, and as they got older, they ended up getting into drugs, and and all those dreams went away. So it's pretty unfortunate, but there was, there's been a lot of kids I've seen do that, and and you know being in a small town, um, you you know the kids and you know the families, and when you see them walking around a couple of years after high school, up to no good, looking very, I don't know, unhealthy. How else do you want to say it without being rude? Um, you know, just making very bad decisions. And it's, it's, it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Yeah. One idea I've heard online was that um, there could be some sort of mid-level dentistry provider. Have you thought about that or do you have any opinions on it? You know, there's, there's always pros and cons for everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that could be a possible solution if it's done right. And I've always said that. That's always been what I've always said is as far as if it's done right. And and not that I have all the answers, but um, 
some of the ways they were proposing it, I don't think is the right way to do it because in sometimes with corporate offices, corporate dental offices, they're all about money. They're not from the area. They're from out of state even. And a lot of them aren't even provider owned. They're, they're, you know, business owned. So it's Mm -hmm. a corporation that owns these dental clinics and they're all about profit. And so it's like a mill. It's like a, some kind of like a, they just do a lot of, uh, dentistry that a lot of times isn't very good quality and they do a lot of it because the more patients they see the more money they make and unfortunately there's patients that we get in our clinic that I went to one of those clinics and let's say they've had a lot of dentistry done over there and Medicaid paid for it and now they're coming over here and they want us to redo it because it's going bad it's falling out there's problems it's still hurting and now Medicaid is not willing to pay us because they already paid for it. So now here's our organization trying to figure out a way to help out this person that went to one of these corporate offices and got, you know, what I feel is not treated very well, you know, and uh, they were used as a way to make a profit. Now, if you start doing, you get one of the little organizations and you have some doc that doesn't really give a crap and he has a whole lot of mid-levels underneath him or her and they're just cranking out numbers i mean i don't know if you can see the potential of how think something like that can go wrong absolutely yeah. you get a whole lot of bad work that now is not going to be fixed mm-hmm. because you don't have the, the staff now if it's if it's done in a manner to where you get an organization that where the providers care and there's good quality and they're they're out for the community's best interest and you get some of the local kids that grow up and they become dental therapists and they get underneath the wings of these doctors and they learn how to do it. Now that's a very positive way of making things happen. Now up in Alaska, how this program first started, that's a lot of how it got started is, is they would go to these communities and people from the community would become mid-levels and they would treat their own community. Now there's a high sense of community over there where these people are treating their aunts and uncles and cousins and their neighbors that they've known for generations. Now, there's a lot of responsibility to that. But someone coming from from a city like L.A., coming to Taos, and they're going to be a dental therapist, and they're just here to make money, there's not a lot of connections. There's not a lot of responsibility. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's people's personalities. I get that. But it's less likely to have someone that's going to take care of the community for the community's best interests in in that situation. So there's always pros and cons for everything. I, I, I see benefits to it and I see negatives to it. So it kind of just depends on the situation. Right. So it could be a force for good if the right person is in the driver's seat and it could just be a profit mill that takes advantage of yeah, patients. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's the same way with uh, medicine as well. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And you've been in dentistry for a while now. Do you think that things are moving in the right direction when it comes to rural care in New Mexico? You know, I've been here working on my organization for more than 14 years. And I felt like it was. I felt like things were getting better and things were going in the right direction. And then COVID came. COVID shut a lot of doors. COVID took out the... There was a... 
an abundance of hygienists in New Mexico before COVID. There were so many hygienists that were, we would have a position open and we would have many resumes coming in. People from Las Cruces sending us resumes, from Albuquerque, they're looking for hygiene work, you know. Now we've had a position open for several months and not one applicant. There's a huge shortage of hygienists. During COVID, a lot of hygienists retired. A lot of them, you know, cut their hours back. A lot of them quit. And same thing with dentists. I know a lot of good dentists that I I know one particularly that he served he served northern New Mexico. Actually, all a lot of New Mexico very well out of a practice in Santa Fe, and he did a lot of work that that other providers pushed aside because of finances. He was willing to see, you know, low-income people. And even though the insurances didn't cover it, he was willing to do his best to treat them. Mm-hmm. And he was an older gentleman. And once uh, once COVID hit, he closed his doors. He'd even try selling it. I mean, he couldn't sell it. So he just closed his doors. So, you know, he lost his investment, his life investment of, of this practice that he had. And, uh, and uh, he closed his doors. And those services still, there's still no one to replace his services um, that he was providing for oral facial pain. So it's, um, and, and that's not the only story. I've known multiple practices around the state that have closed uh, due to COVID reasons. Uh, and uh, yeah, so COVID really did a number on on the dental field in my, in my opinion. Um, now you know you, I, I can't really say that it was the closure of the clinics. I can't really say you know the doctors that I know that closed their clinics is because they were older in years, they were up in years, and they were concerned for their own health. And you know, working in a dental chair, you're working in their mouth. Yeah, you're totally working reasonable. where they breathe. You know, so I don't blame them. Right. And uh, so yeah, so uh, that's. So yeah, we were going in the right direction, and right now I think we're we're in a very bad spot, very bad spot. So I don't know, I don't know how we're gonna get out of that, or or what we're gonna do. But hopefully, uh, hopefully things turn around in the future. Yeah, definitely. And I always like to end on a positive note. Um, what do you like most about being a dentist? And if you could do it all over again, would you do it? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I I do go to the schools and encourage kids to be dentists, and it's not because I don't want to be. It's because I I like I like it. I like the working with people. I like helping people. You know, someone comes in with extreme pain, and I'm able to help them take that away. I'm, I, you know, like I said, I I got into dentistry for to help out my community. When I grew up. It was if you were an electrician and someone was building the house, like let's say your uncle, you know, you did the electricity, whoever knew how to do tile, they did the tile. Everyone pitched in and built the house, you know. Um, So that's the kind of sense of community I had growing up. So going to school, I always had the intentions of coming back working public health, and which I did. I um, went to school. I even did a one-year residency at the University of Colorado Hospital so I can get more advanced training. And then I came back. And I found a public health organization that uh, that needed help, and that I felt like I would fit in. I liked their I liked their 
well, I, I just like their purpose, their their way of doing things. So, so I joined the organization. I've been there for fourteen years. So I I, I don't like the administration part of it. I I never got into dentistry for that. Mm-hmm. I got into dentistry for helping people and working with my hands, and uh, the medicine portion of it. So yeah, no, I, I definitely like the career. I definitely feel like I chose the right career for me, and I encourage others to do the same. And I, I try to get into the schools, and I talk to them, and uh, you know, try to spread the word. And uh, when the kids are on my chair, I, I do the same. I'm talking to them about a healthcare career, career uh, dentistry, you know. And I tell them if you're not interested in dentistry, but you're interested in physical therapy, like let me know. I can. I have friends that are physical therapists. I can maybe connect you with them. They can talk to you. And maybe get some information going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So. So yeah, I, I definitely would choose it again. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking with me and thanks for serving your community as well. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nuevo Healthcare Network. Subscribe to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and feel free to email comments, questions, and suggestions for future guests to Nuevo Healthcare Network at gmail.com. Till next time.